This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Uh, great opening, great songs, uh, great prayer, Brother Phil, thank you. 503, uh, we, we sang, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. At the bottom it says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. That's probably the understatement of 2020. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. Amen. Oh, Jason called me last night because he's been having to put up with me at work. And he knows me pretty well. And he said, how are you? And most of you know I'm not real good at hiding my emotions or how I feel. or I don't, I don't put on a good, very good pretend face. And I said, I'm mentally exhausted. <laughs> Maybe some of you can relate to that this morning. I'm mentally exhausted. Which is what, where this message stems from. It is. And it's okay. Uh, I was greatly encouraged by Jason's call, though, and uh, mental exhaustion for me doesn't take that much, <laughs> as you can understand. Right? That didn't take much, Dane. No, you're right. It doesn't take much. All the gas was burned up pretty quick, to be honest with you. So, I stand before you, hopefully, with an ability to encourage. I didn't care for high school much. Really, I pretty much hated it. Just all the drama, the, uh, it just seemed so, so much waste of time, in my opinion. But there was a silver lining. I loved football, <laughs> and I got to play football, and I loved it. And one of the things that I loved about football so much, many things, the camaraderie, the, the physical challenge, the, the teamwork. But one of my favorite things about it, looking back, was the halftime speeches. <laughs> Anybody else play high school football or anything? You could be going, you could be, you going to halftime down, getting your tail kicked, and the coach stands before you, and he can deliver a message that invigorates, that uplifts, and challenges you. I love that. I love those speeches. So this morning, with that in mind, I don't stand up here pretending to be the coach. I might as well be sitting in the audience with you. But God is going to coach us this morning. He's going to give us a revival. He's going to give us a pep talk that I think we all need. I know I personally do. Our reading this morning, where we'll spend the majority of our time, is in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you want to, I'll give you a second to turn there if you'd like. 2 Kings chapter 6. My allergies think it's spring again, so I have to take a lot of drinks of water, sorry. So here we find a very unique and interesting situation where the king of Syria is baffled. 
And he's angry. He's frustrated. Because time and time again, he tries to plot against Israel and its king. Yet every time that he hopes they're going to catch the king of Israel traveling this certain way, we're going to catch him. You know, we got our plan set in place. We have our dark desires to capture and to kill. And every time they were thwarted. Every time it did not happen. And so the king of Syria becomes greatly frustrated and disappointed and he actually begins to question, you can read through there, question his men. And he says, we have a traitor among us. Somebody is telling Israel our plans. And one of the servants of, of the king of Syria steps up and says, whoa, listen, king, listen. I don't know if he said it like that. That's what I imagine. Maybe he said it more humbly, but, oh, king, master, it is not us that has that has set these evil plans against you, it is this man of God named Elisha. He is the evil one, right? He is the one who is messing up your plans. He is the one to be blamed. And so the king in his anger says, okay. He puts a plan in place. He says, what we will do is I must have this man of God, Elijah, in my possession so that he can no longer tell the king of Israel how not to be captured. And this whole time, (laughs) while the king of Syria thought that there was a rat among them, there was a rat among them. It was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The rat was the Holy Spirit telling Elijah exactly what to tell the king and how to protect him. The rat was the Holy Spirit. The rat is the one that messed up the plans of this evil king. Uh, It says, And the one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel, he telleth the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. Think about that for a second. The words that this king spoke only to his servants, possibly his wife, in his bedchamber. That's the only place. These were secret plans set in place, but yet Elijah knew exactly what was going on. So the first thought this morning is that when there's darkness, God shines a bright light. Does he not? He brings light to darkness. And we have got to have confidence in that. We have got to be steadfast in that understanding. Hebrews chapter 4. I guess I could turn this on since I made it. (laughs) You know, that would be nice. Peace or panic? We're not ready for that just yet. So... There we go. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 11 through 13 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even unto the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ours and everybody else's, right? 
Now listen to this. I, I've never really, that verse is quoted a lot, and I myself have, but listen to this verse. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest or made known in his sight. Praise God for that. There's not one creature, it says here, that it says, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him who we have to do. As much as you and I don't understand in our world today, it is not a secret unto God. The darkness that is around us, the sin, the decay, moral decay of our culture, the, the secret plans of our evil enemies, those things are not hidden to God. They're not. And I believe that through prayer, they can also not be hidden unto us. I believe that. I believe that through His Word. Another example. In Daniel, it says, uh, chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, Then there was a secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. That can be us, right? Through the Holy Spirit, no doubt, just like it was with Elijah. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth within him. So, guys, as we, as we see darkness surround us, as we see darkness surround our world, our children, that can be very overwhelming, the thought of that. It can be consuming, can't it? Right? I mean, it can be consuming. What God wants us to know and understand is that He brings all the darkness to light. He reveals lies and brings truth to the forefront. And there's multiple verses that back that up. That's just two that I have for sake of time this morning. Jesus said it in Matthew. He says that truth will be shouted among the rooftops and hidden things will be revealed. And in Job it says, uh, and I love the book of Job, uh, it's real, it's hard, it's, it's serious. It says, with him is wisdom and strength, he hath, cho- he hath counsel and understanding. Speaking of God, behold, he breaketh down and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man and there can be no opening. Behold, we, behold, we withholdeth the waters, he withholdeth the waters and they dry up. Also, he sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. Nothing is hidden from God. He leadeth counselors away spoiled, and maketh the judges fools. He looseth the bonds of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovers deep things out of darkness and brings out to light the shadow of death. He reveals hidden things. He reveals dark secrets. And we have got to have confidence in that. 
He increases the nations and destroyeth them. He increases the nations and destroys them. He builds up and he tears down. He can do it. He can do it. He enlargeth the nations and he straighteneth them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. He can cause them to grope in dark without light, and he can make them stagger like a drunken man. I don't want to be overwhelmed or consumed or fearful of what lies in the dark anymore. There's a lot. There's a lot. So the first point is that God reveals truth. Okay, we don't have to, guys. Understand that for a second. We can be an ambassador, and we should be, but we don't have to be the source of truth. Okay? Let's take that off our shoulders. God reveals the hidden darkness, right? He brings forth truth. We have to rely on Him to do that. Sometimes I put so much pressure on myself to get information out there, to let people know. Too much pressure. God reveals. God brings forth. We continue on in 2 Kings there with the story of Elijah. And he says, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent uh, he hither horses and chariots and great hosts, and they came by night and compassed about the city. And when the servant of the man of God which his name was Gehazi, was risen early, I suppose to go get the paper, and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What shall we do? Do you ever feel, if, if I could choose between what I have looked like in the past, being Elisha or his servant, man, you know, here is this host before me. What, what shall I do? What, what are we going to do? The demeanor here we're going to see between the two men were so totally different. I want to also pay attention to when this host, well, first of all, Dothan is in Israel. Okay? It's a small city in Samaria in Israel. All right. So the Syrian army, this host of chariots and horses, attacked inside Israel. Inside Israel. When? When was it? In the middle of the night. Is that not a hint or a clue to us to anticipate attacks from the enemy, right? Inside the church. <laughs> In, inside our minds, inside our families. It wasn't, they weren't out, he wasn't out, Elisha was not out in some distant land where he was vulnerable. He was inside Israel. Let that be a reminder that we cannot be surprised that, that it would creep into our church, into our families, into our own minds in the cover of darkness, right? When sin tries to wreak havoc. 
so here this servant gets up early, like any good servant should, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe before the master. The servant goes forth, and behold, this he looks out, I assume, over this this. Maybe he's in a castle, maybe he's in a large home, and he looks down over the gates of the city, and he sees they're surrounded by a, a large host, and he's frightened, and he says, Master, alas, like he, here we are, we have met our match, <laughs> we are outnumbered, and they're surrounding us. Probably none of us have woken up to our yard being filled with a horde of enemy soldiers, right? But how many of us have woken up in the mornings with our mind filled with enemies? How many of us have started our day off with, alas, God, I am surrounded? Confronting problems that may be life-threatening and out of our control. I can certainly relate to this servant's panic and distress. Elisha answered, he says, fear not, and this is the famous verse, fear not for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Right? Do we believe that or, you know, do we not? Alas, what shall we do? I imagine Elijah walking out with a cup of coffee, you know, like leaning on his servant's shoulder, drinking this cup of coffee. This isn't in the Bible. Straight from my mind. You're welcome. And, he, and here the servant's like at his wit's end, you know, fear of death. And Elijah's like, no. We got him outnumbered, boss. <laughs> you know? And Gehazi's like, dude, listen, I can count. <laughs> we, this thing is upside down, right? It ain't going in our favor. And then he says, you know, those that are with us, Gehazi, are, are more than those that are with them. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't think this, I don't, I don't think the mass computing, sir, right? I don't think you're seeing well. And Elijah prayed. I love that part. Elijah prayed. That's what he did. He prayed. What did he pray for? He said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elijah. I want to believe that there's horses and chariots of fire around about the church. All right? That there are armies and hosts of angels that surround us at all times, revealing truth, fighting on our behalf for justice, for fairness. The mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire around about Elijah. Imagine the thought that raced through this servant's mind 
and the, the immediate release of fear. And like, yeah, you know, here we go. Let's, now I'm ready to fight, you know. That's the kind of zeal that we should have and that I want to have. In the face of, of insurmountable odds, seemingly, I want to have these eyes that Elijah had. Don't you? I want to have those eyes. In the face of insurmountable odds, I walk out with my cup of coffee and say, there's more that's with us, buddy, than that's with them. Right? Man, that is some, some extreme confidence, and I know that God wants us to have that. Don't you? I know he does. You know, this is, keep in mind, though, this is in the face of insurmountable odds, seemingly. That's exactly what it was. No less. No less. They were dead to rights. Just like we are sometimes. We are dead to rights. Aren't we? Sometimes we are. We are dead to rights. We have not a chance. But God. But God. We've got to understand that and be prepared for that. And have eyes like that. What I love about Elijah here is, first of all, that he prayed, but something I learned is that he prayed specifically. He didn't just pray for his servant to believe him. Notice that. He didn't say, well, I, just, I want him to have faith that I know what I'm talking about. right? I want him to have faith that what I say is true, that truly we are outnumbering our enemy. He said, I want him to have eyes to see the chariots of fire that fight on our behalf. His prayer was very specific. And I think ours should be too. Very specific of what we want and what we need. Elijah wanted his servant to see and understand the protection and power that he had at his disposal. If we can only see the power that's at our disposal at any time and truly rest on that, would it not make a huge difference in our lives? It would in mine. These petty, my battery's about to die, I'm like, these petty things that, that I let cloud my mind and cause me this mental distress or anxiety would, would melt away, would it not? In the face of thousands of chariots on fire fighting on my behalf, would melt away. If we're not careful, though, and I find myself here, if we're not careful, we can be just like this servant Gehazi and see only the enemy. Right? Think about that. Can you relate? You ever find yourself, you, all you see is the enemy. You see the insurmountable odds before you, and you fixate on that. I, I do. <laughs> I do. Right? I, my mind wrestles with it. And all I see is that enemy that surrounds me, or my family, or the church, or our country, whatever it is. And that's all I see and I fixate on is how big that enemy is. And that's a dangerous place to find ourselves. Because at that point, we, we are surrounded. Unless we open our eyes and see that God has a host, a mighty host of angels revealing truth. And shining bright in darkness. We have to be careful that 
we don't only see the enemy, but that we are able to also see the hand of God at work and trust it. All right? Trust it. Well, try this. In verse 18 of 2 Kings, it says, And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elijah. So what happened? The enemies were instantly subdued by blindness. There was no way for this servant to know that. There's no way for us to know that, but what we see is the history of what God has done for his people, right? What he's done for us in our lives if we've trusted him. We have to have eyes to see. The second point is that God will protect and stand with those who trust and serve him. God will protect and stand with those who trust and serve him but he'll do it according to his will. That's something we have to be really careful of. Okay? Psalms 34, 1 through 9, some encouraging verses. says, I will bless thee, Lord, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him. In Nahum it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Do we trust him like Elijah trusted him? You know, I'm surrounded. You know, it's, it's, it's fallen to pieces, it appears, before us, does it not? We live in a country that, <laughs> what's even holding us together? It can be very discouraging when we've put a lot of hope in our country and our government and those in authority over us. It be demoralizing. God will protect those who stand with him and trust him. 
Psalms 27, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He is my strength. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came up to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, just like it did against Elijah, my heart shall not fear. Can you say that this morning? Amen. My heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, yet I will be confident. Boom. (laughs) Right? Though wars rise up against me, though we are outnumbered a hundred to one, My soul shall rest in truth, and I shall be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I should seek after, that I will seek after. See, this is the key. Those promises are steadfast and sure of that protection. But here's the key. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. We have to inquire in his temple, right? We have to run to him for salvation, for protection. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Like a safe room in our homes. Our new house has a tornado shelter. And every spring, I'm like, let's go. (laughs) You know, bring it on. This thing's made of concrete. I'm not scared. It's a safe place that I can run. I have confidence in. A mighty tower. Let's not forget to run to it and trust that he reveals all hidden secrets. 1 Peter 3 and 2. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. God is against those who do wrong and do evil. Right? We may see that they have, in whatever area of our lives, we may see that our enemies have been successful, and we are distraught by that. It's discouraging. The evil that's done is not hidden from God's eyes. It's not hidden. So I won't read the rest, but Elijah could have had all of them slain. Dead. Deader than hammers, if you will. But he didn't. He fed them. (laughs) He took them before the king of Israel. The king of Israel said, what should we do? Slay them all. Elijah said, no, let's feed them, give them something to drink, and send them on their way. Was that a lesson to us? Wow. Because, boy, you put some enemies in front of me with a sword, one, two, baby, they're gone. You know, sometimes that's how I feel. But Elijah had this ability to have mercy when there was no mercy that should have been given. None. Mercy. Amazing lesson. So you may be looking at all this, you may be thinking, yeah, okay, Dane, that sounds great. But Elijah had a vision, right? Elijah was told hidden secrets. Elijah was able to look out on this hillside and see what nobody else could see. How can I relate to that? Do I expect for God to give me a vision? Will I see these chariots of fire that, that encompassed around Elijah, that encompassed around me? That's a fair question, right? Is it not? It's a fair question. 
So I, I point your attention to this town of Dothan. Dothan's only mentioned twice in the Bible. This is so cool, man. I know that's not the cool part, but it's fixing to get cool. Who did you talk about when you opened up this morning? Joseph? Joseph, if you recall, was sold into slavery in this town of Dothan. You know, his, his, when his brothers were off working, or well, they were supposed to be working, and, and their dad couldn't find them, and he sent Joseph after his brothers. He goes out in the fields where they should be, and the guy says, no, they've traveled to Dothan. So he goes to Dothan, and he finds his brothers. They plot to kill him. Throw him in a pit and then decide instead to sell him into slavery. Is it any coincidence that this town of Dothan is mentioned here in these two instances? That's incredible to me. So when I look at the life of Joseph and I compare it to this story of Elijah, Joseph wasn't handed a pamphlet that told him what would happen next. And why? Did he recall his life? And and I won't go into the details of it, but all the trouble for years that he faced without any answers. Right? Think about that for a second. In the dungeon, wrongly accused, God did not say or reveal to him this chariot of these chariots of fire that, that surrounded the prison. He had to suck it up. So when I look to myself and think, well, God, show me these chariots of fire. You know, it's easy for Elijah because he could see them. I look at Joseph and he didn't see them. Did he? No, but he, the entire time his heart remained steadfast and trusting in God. And I think that's a huge lesson for us. To trust, to trust, to trust. Maybe it won't be revealed to us like it was with Elijah. But that's okay because those hidden things will be revealed by God in His due time and according to His will. (laughs) And uh, you stole my verse, so I'd appreciate you uh, consulting me next time before we get into these things. He says, you intended, and this is the beauty of it right here. He says to his brothers, who thought he would probably send him away or have him killed, turn him into slaves. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You and I don't know why the, the world is in the mess that it's in, do we? No. We don't have every answer, but Joseph didn't have every answer either. He didn't have a play-by-play book of how his life was going to play out. Okay, well, next week I'm going to be accused by my master's wife and thrown in prison. I can endure that for three years because I know after a little while I will be restored. And and soon after that I'll be right the next man in line by Pharaoh. So I can handle this for a short time, right? He had no idea, and you and I don't either. Just like Jason and I, we may get a terminal illness any time in our lives, any time, we don't have the playbook, but God does. And that's what I want to have confidence in, that God has the playbook.
and then I can trust that in his timing, all those things will be revealed. I don't have to put my faith, as we often do, in government, in leaders, in those that we think that we can trust or should be able to trust. That's foolish. It's foolish. Let us put our trust in the only one who deserves our trust. The only one. Many trials may suddenly befall us, just like Elijah woke up that, Elijah's servant woke up that morning in deep distress. We may have days just like that. We may even have thoughts that I could die today. Any of us can die at any point. Any point. Let us not live with fear. I'll read a quote to you here. It was really encouraging to me. It says, we need to have our eyes opened on the Bible. It is a moment never to be forgotten when the truth which has been known and handled like a dry piece of wood for years suddenly flares forth into a bright flame. I love the imagery. When over the meadows of the Bible where nothing but ordinary grass appeared before, there start up suddenly the horses and chariots of fire. When this truth, for instance, that my soul is infinitely precious and immortal, thrills through me, and all the world seems as nothing compared to my soul. Man, I love that quote. Be renewed and reinvigorated in God's word. It is that, that truth revealed to us. It explains why we see what we see before us. It does. And we don't have to be surprised. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too... This week has been miserable. It's been miserable. And you know what I've turned to? It's, it's not been to God. It's been trying to wrap my mind and understand human beings. It's not been to God. It's not been to His Word. And if we're filled with that, we'll be deceived. We'll be tricked into believing every lie. God, your arms are outstretched and nothing is too hard for you. And then later on in verse 27 it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything that's too hard for me? He asks us the question, Is there anything that's too hard for me? No, there's not. When you can't feel like you can make a difference with the chaos that's going on in our world, I challenge you to double down on your service to God. I challenge you to double down on your service to the church. I challenge you to double down on your service to your family. I challenge you to double down on your service to God. Double down. Let's get with it and realize what we're fighting for. And in closing, I want to read a prayer. So if you would pray with me, I'm going to read it. And then we'll uh, have our invitation song. So pray with me. 
Heavenly Father, we acknowledge the truth of your word that in a battle for the soul of this nation, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We choose this day not to be strong in our own might, but to be strong in you, Lord, and in the strength of your might. We put on now the whole armor of God, and we take our firm stand in the spirit against the schemes of the devil. We fasten on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the peace and the gospel of peace as the shoes on our feet. We raise against the prince of darkness our shield of faith, and we claim the promise of Scripture that, the shield, that with the shield of faith, we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We put on the helmet of salvation, and we take in hand the sword of the Spirit, which is your word, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, we come against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms, and we break the power of every curse that has been directed at your children in this country. We transfer the curses that have been sent against your people to the cross, and we declare that you, Lord Christ, became a curse for us in our place when you hung on a tree. Through the cross of Christ and his shed blood, we now nullify and invalidate and break the power of every curse, and we deny them power. Everywhere that Satan has intended a curse, we together in Jesus' name release a blessing. The blessing of divine protection and favor. Father, we remember that you showed the servant of Elijah when Dothan was besieged by a great army of horses and chariots. You told him, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. We pray that what you did in that day you will do also in ours. Surround us and our country with the armies of heaven, with horses and chariots of fire to protect your people from all the attacks of Satan. May every one of his attacks fall to the ground and may not one of them succeed. God, we appeal to you as the judge of all the living and the judge of all the dead, and we say to you, as Abraham said, will not the judge of the earth do what is right? We pray that you will frustrate and bring to nothing all of the unjust plans of the enemy to turn us away from you and to steal our peace. Satan, we stand against you and we resist you, and we claim the promise of the word of God that as we do, you will be forced to flee from us and all those who call upon your name. Lord God, bring us, bring all the dark purposes of Satan out of the darkness and expose them to the light that they may be seen for what they are and brought to nothing. And Heavenly Father, on this very day, may your will and your will alone be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658.
May God bless you.